Welcome to the Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat CTO Corner. And today we're going to ask the question, so now what? And our guest is Mr. Steve Laser, who's the Global CTO for Healthcare and Life Sciences for Dell Technologies. Steve, welcome back to the CTO Corner. Thank you, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be back. And great to have you back. Could we remind folks of a little bit of your background, please? I come to Dell Technologies with approximately 24 years of healthcare experience working with the healthcare provider side of the world and really bringing technology into healthcare, in some cases from its very infancy. And with that, I have the very great luxury of working with a number of healthcare systems all around the globe and looking at how healthcare is delivered. As you look at it from a global perspective, although the cultures are all different and the challenges are all different around the world, healthcare delivery is pretty much the same around the world, meaning the same functions, same capabilities, et cetera. By any definition, Steve, the last 15 months has represented quite an upheaval in the delivery and consumption of healthcare. I think you'd agree with that. But tell us how healthcare organizations have responded to these challenges. And how are they supporting the immediate needs of the healthcare system and patients? As we start to relive the last 12 to 15 months and look at how we've been challenged, we have many opportunities to be responsive in that. Healthcare really has seen the brunt of the challenges here for this response and building things like virtual clinics or virtual hospitals, sometimes in parking lots. Everyone is somewhat aware of the hospital-built shipboard in order to go ahead and support some patients. But really looking at also how we quickly responded to delivering work capabilities from just about anywhere. Not only work, but education capabilities, worship capabilities from anywhere, and the ability to make that shift, which was something of a titanic shift, really to help define where I believe we are going in the future. Over the next three years, specifically when it comes to healthcare, what do you think will be the lasting changes out of this? Healthcare has forever changed. We've only just scratched the surface of what we can do from a technology perspective with healthcare and starting to look at how we can utilize sensors and other capabilities in order to improve people's lives. We call it IoT, but it really is just sensors and other capabilities there. But how do we look at those? How do we look at the data streams that we have that are all around us? The world is significantly more instrumented than it ever has been, and that instrumentation will continue to grow. But as we look at what this instrumentation is capable of, imagine what would happen if you needed to have a doctor appointment and you didn't actually have to go in to see the doctor. The physician could deliver that appointment from wherever. You as the patient could have that appointment from wherever. How do we think about things like remote triage and remote capabilities there? How do we think about utilizing data actually as an instrument to help cure people? How do we think about looking at new forms of interaction, whether they be some form of automated interaction or some form of artificial intelligence-driven interaction, and perhaps we have new ways of delivering treatment and delivering capabilities. Data will become more and more important. It's already been very important for the last several years, as well as be able to continue to improve the quality of outcomes. So more remote care, more instrumentation, more data. What other lasting changes? In addition to that, the technologies will become smaller, faster, less obtrusive in the environment to the point where we can actually think about things like 
totally unobtrusive monitoring of a person depending upon where they are or what they're doing and really have that be a completely passive approach. As you think about things like aging in place and the ways that we can provide a quality of life that is significantly greater than what it would be like to be in an assisted care facility or long-term care facility, how do we make that a better experience without being obtrusive, without getting in the way of things, without really impacting a person's normal day-to-day function or capabilities? I think that there are other capabilities as we start to look at things like artificial intelligence, as we start to look at robotic capabilities that will change the way we look at how we not only treat our patients, but also live our lives, how we get engaged, how we continue to function in that new future and be able to utilize this data to improve the quality of life. So Steve, as healthcare organizations embrace these changes and new technologies you're talking about, how do they prepare and what challenges will they face? One of their most immediate challenges really are to prepare the environment to accept all of this data, be prepared to deliver these capabilities. As we first got into some of the challenges of our recent past here, we were struck pretty hard by the immediacy and we went into it almost a little bit haphazardly. We brought forward capabilities out of necessity and not having a chance to do them the way we would like to do them. So with that, how do we look at this and do this the way we would like to do it rather than rushing into it? And how do we improve the quality of what we've delivered, whether we're talking about it from a data collection perspective or we're talking about it from a virtual care perspective? Some of those things will really require capabilities that allow us to not only collect data, but share data, make it available, make it accessible, and really start to clean up some of what we put together very, very quickly. So it sounds like this all relates somewhat to architecture. What questions should we be asking there? How do we find that new architecture that will allow us to do things like providing edge capabilities, providing decentralized yet centralized data? How do we provide that remote worker capability so that remote workers appear as though they're actually in the office? In addition to being able to bring all of this data that we're generating, and there will be a tremendous amount of it, How do we take all that data we're generating and really start to bring that all together? How do we utilize compute capabilities in order to help us make sense of all that data? Steve, how do you look at this with respect to the patient journey? We're looking at how that patient journey has been impacted by not only the things that we've gone through recently, but also looking at where technology is going and heading and how do we bring all of that together in order to form a much more cohesive picture of who that person is How do we look at them in a 24 by 7 basis versus the incidence of healthcare that we typically look at today? How do we get the environment from a technology perspective ready to accept and deliver on all of these promises? Imagine the day where you will not only be able to have your genome become part of your electronic medical record, it will be a necessary part of your electronic medical record because we'll see the day coming in the very near future where a genome will actually cost less than $100 to process. Those days are coming and they're coming very, very soon. And as we start to bring all of these pieces of information together and all of the data together, we're going to need help assembling all that information into what become important outcomes from a data perspective and how we would look at a person or a patient, depending upon whether we're talking about this from a wellness perspective or we're talking about it from a care delivery perspective. How would you characterize the ultimate goal of this re-architecture? Our real goals are to actually reach the point of disease prevention and keep everyone out of the hospital if at all possible. 
I've only mentioned genetics, but we'll start to see more fall into play here, especially as we look at things like the human microbiome, as we start to look at other capabilities that we can gather information from you as a person or as a patient, starting to bring that not only into care and treatment, but also looking at how we can utilize that to better develop new drugs bring all this information back into clinical research capabilities and really start to drive a dramatic and I would say tectonic shift in where we're going from a healthcare perspective. You referred back to it a lot, Steve, but I wanted to focus on it specifically about all this data and data capital, if you will, that's generated. How can customers address all these new challenges that have arisen from all this new data? The challenges that are showing up and occurring with all of this new information, all of this new data are, number one, how do we get that data brought together? How do we provide that data integration layer? How do we bring that together so it makes sense, but only bring together the data that makes sense rather than bringing something together that is somewhat overwhelming? How do we make sure that that information is secure? It is being delivered to those that are supposed to have the information is done in a private manner so that the information doesn't leak out. Bringing together all of that information, things like integration engines and data communication capabilities become more and more paramount. At the same time, as we look at these high volumes of data, as you start to think about how we would not only collect but transmit that information, this is where edge computing is going to start to come into play in a very big way. We place enough compute out at the point of data collection in order to start to bring the important and clinically relevant or informationally relevant data back into whatever system we're talking about and being able to share that information, whether it be in a de-identified manner from a clinical research perspective, whether it be in a manner that is not de-identified but really is around that particular patient in order to support their wellness as well as any care and treatment that is required. These are the ways that I think that we need to start to think about this and address this. As we start to look at where we're going, things like analytics and other capabilities will become absolutely necessary because of the volume of data will become overwhelming. Steve, can you take us deeper into this world of analytics? How are customers leveraging analytics to create both business and clinical insight from all this new data? Customers are just at the beginning of this journey because we really are starting to see this new data start to form a different picture of who that person is. Traditional healthcare has evolved around a patient visit that is usually five to seven minutes long if we're talking about it from an ambulatory perspective. And during that visit that you have with a physician or a clinician, that person is typically 100% honest about their eating habits, their exercise habits, their smoking and drinking habits in order to make sure that the clinician has the best possible picture of how they actually function and operate, to which we all know is very much a fallacy. I was about to say, or not. (laughs) (laughs) Customers need to utilize analytics to help us sort through and sift through that mountain of data that we have generated in order to bring together a cohesive picture of who that person is. Just because we have information around a person, a thousand data points around their weight being normal doesn't really impact their wellness or their treatment. So in this case, assuming we have instrumentation to capture this person's weight each day, what are we looking at? The five data points that we saw in the last week of their weight increasing by two to three pounds per day suddenly becomes something very important and very impactful, especially if we're talking about a chronic heart failure patient or with a diabetic where we're seeing blood sugar levels that are steady, 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 and all of a sudden we start to see blood sugar levels that turn into something very spiky, very high, very low, with no quote-unquote explained cause based upon their diet and exercise and what they're doing with the rest of their life. 
So in order to go ahead and create that data, we need to utilize analytic capabilities in order to really start to funnel through all of this mountain of data to bring those insights forward and surface the information as appropriate. This concludes part one of our podcast. Check back for part two, where Steve addresses the role of AI and ML in analyzing healthcare data, cybersecurity in healthcare, a closer look at the healthcare edge, Dell's capabilities to help manage all this new data, the role of Dell's partners, how customers can accelerate their journey, where to find more info, and final thoughts.